How's it going, lads? Um, welcome to Absolutely Savage. And I'm delighted to be joined by Joseph Terrell, or as I know him, and a lot of people might know him as Dylan Terrell Reeve. How are you, man? Not too bad, no, Dave. Thanks for having me on. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, yeah. It's a bit, yeah, I, it's, I was expecting to have you on kind of quicker, really, but, um, you know, we're very busy. Like, things are fucking, you know, you've, you've your own shit going on as well. Like, and. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, it's, uh, no, it's, been, it's been good, though. It's been good that in these times, We've both been busy. It's not a bad complaint to have, really, when no. uh, there's kind of nothing else happening. Do you know, we've kind of got our own things going on. But it's good now that we've been able to kind of do this. I think this is something we've wanted to do for a while, even before, you know, your show started. So it's good that we're kind of getting around to doing it now. So it's uh, exciting. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of people listening to this now who are probably afraid that we're going to talk about football. But uh, look, I know it's, <laughs> it's not the format, so <laughs> we'll, we'll leave uh, it Well, <laughs> I tell you what, with the way things are going at the moment, I try to avoid talking about it with specific clubs. So yeah, <laughs> we'll yeah, try, yeah. try and keep it at an ease with that. All we need to know is Liverpool lost last night to Real Madrid. We don't need to know anyone. That's all we need to know. <laughs> exactly. But like, um, exactly. Kind of what I really didn't talk about anyway, man, is what's, what you're doing with um, Phoenix Wrestling. So for people that don't know what Phoenix Wrestling is, it's a court promotion, uh, local wrestling promotion, um, which is actually growing all the time. And there's actually some uh, notable names getting involved with it now. Um, so could you tell us a bit about what you're doing with Phoenix? Yeah, so um, as most people, you know, who know me uh, will know, I'm a lifelong pro wrestling fan. Um, you know, it's my earliest memories all go back to being a professional wrestling fan. And uh, I think there was always this thing with wrestling uh, where it always kind of seemed like this unicorn up in the rainbow. Like there was, yeah. it was like this American thing that like, you know, if you had, if you wanted to do it, you had to go over there for it. Um, but luckily the Irish scene has just been booming the last kind of, six six seven years and um you know um phoenix is actually the second promotion we've had in cork we formerly had uh, celtic championship wrestling essentially just what happened there was some of the guys left and made their own promotion and um it's just kind of taken on a life of its own since uh i i say it's a cork based promotion but it's it's really monster based we've got talent from okay. limerick uh, Tipperary, obviously the, the base is Cork and obviously with us being the biggest county in Munster Cork is kind of where, where we're situated but we do shows all over the place and uh, I started training back in February of 2020 I've kind of done on and off stuff with CCW and always kind of, you know kind of like I can't think of a great word for it but I suppose fantasised about the idea of training and um, went down like literally right before the pandemic um, thankfully we were able to kind of still do a few things, you know, as far as like doing promos in, in, in the Phoenix group chat and stuff. Um, so we were kind of kept going and essentially what actually happened, what, or eventually what happened was I actually left for a little bit just because work was getting a bit hectic and whatnot. And you, you know how things are, things just kind of pile yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, Billy Bedlam, who's the promoter and, uh, one of the best wrestlers Cork has ever produced, um, uh, just reached out to me one day and asked me, would I like to become, uh, the referee? So back in September... Uh, the 26th of September, to be exact, I had my first ever uh, Phoenix Wrestling uh, event as their referee on lock, stock and two meters apart. So absolute dream come true to to get to do that. And, uh, you know, small crowd because of COVID, but a very, uh, a very loud crowd, which was good. Um, and yeah, we're looking forward to getting back doing shows again um, soon. So, uh, yeah, if anyone out there is listening to this, um, keep an eye out for Phoenix Wrestling in your local area. And I promise you'll be in for a night of... Uh, great entertainment with the best athletes in the world. Yeah, and I think there's kind of an attitude towards pro wrestling um, in Ireland. No, it's not, it's not kind of the same in England or in America too much. But definitely mm. in Ireland, I've noticed because growing up, obviously, and, you know, growing up, be, like I was a wrestling fan when I was younger myself. Yeah. Um, 
people have this kind of attitude towards it where they're kind of like, well, I wouldn't have any interest in that. But you should actually definitely, I'm not a wrestling fan, but I've gone to um, local shows and kind of experienced it and seen like, it is a great crack. It's a great day out. You really do get into yeah. it, you know? So it's definitely worth it to check out. Like you should, you know, and always with anything, anything that's kind of a performing arts like that, you really should definitely get in on, you know? Yeah. I. <laughs> it's funny with wrestling, like, because... It's so normal to me because I've been into it my whole life. And it's not till I talk to people who aren't into it that I realize how weird it is. Yeah. Like yeah. I remember, um, I'll never forget this back in like 2016. Obviously, we were in um Kloster Stefanefe, a great college, by the way. Yeah. Um, they're kind of uh, a big reason why this show is happening, of course. But um, I remember I was really good friends with one of the actors, and we went to uh, McDonald's one day after college, and um obviously, you know acting there's a, a big part of wrestling is you know cutting promos and telling storylines and and you know we, we tell stories in the ring and um it, you know she was asking me about like you know who my favorite wrestler was because i think the only like someone everyone's heard of is the rock like everyone's heard of the rock because of his movies yeah and i yeah. remember I remember her asking me like who my favorite wrestler was and i explained it was the undertaker and when I was explaining his background, <laughs> that's when I realized how weird it is. So he started out as this mortician zombie uh, character who ended up becoming the leader of a ministry, then got you know buried, uh, or not buried alive. Then he became a biker, then got buried alive and came back as a dead man and fought his brother who buried him alive live on TV and they had a wrestling match to finish. It wasn't until I explained, I was like, this is actually really fucking weird. I know, because like I, uh, wrestling years ago like the attitude era now and stuff like that is known as like you know people obviously known as the golden era or whatever like and mm. for me that that would be kind of what i would look back on very fondly and still is something that i would be very referencing an awful lot and you'd be surprised how much pop culture references the attitude era and like the undertaker is fantastic like he was absolutely amazing like i still have the mm. the world of respect for him um by mm. the way for people who don't know who the rock is that's dwayne johnson the actor um he's in He's in a movie where he plays a tough guy that sometimes says funny things. So you'd know him that way, you know? <laughs> Best gig in the world. He just gets to play himself in every movie with a different name. Pretty much so, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but like, um, as I said, there is there is that kind of thing of, um, like, when you were growing up, we were all interesting, whatever. But I mm. think, I don't know, is it just an Irish thing or what? But there was kind of a stigmatization came into schools after a while towards wrestling because I think when people found out that it was staged, or whatever mm. they're like oh that's not real fighting like whatever and, and like but the, the attitude and i think we've discussed this before is the thing of like yeah but like you know you you can turn on a tv show you know that like yeah you, you do know that like walter white isn't actually cooking meth like that's not actually <laughs> happening so there is I that mean, you know like i remember like i was talking about it with a guy before and like you know most people you speak to who get out of wrestling always kind of say that oh, i was a big fan of it back in the day and i loved Austin, Rock, Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, Triple H, whoever. And they said, then I found out it wasn't real and, and I stopped <laughs> yeah. watching. It's like, well, motherfucker, if this was real, I'd be probably getting onto the authorities. Like, it's, yeah, this yeah. was all really happening. I'd be a little bit worried. <laughs> but do you, know what, do you know what the one thing that gets to me more, though, right? I'm over people calling it fake. I'm actually over it because, look, movies are fake, TV's fake, whatever. Who cares? Yeah. I think it's what annoys me more is when people call wrestling easy. They think that it's, you know, because. Yeah. Because it's a show, they think, oh, this is, you know, this must be easy. Like, and you had Dots on the show recently, and he was talking about, you know, his love of writing music. And, like, mm -hmm. I'm sure, you know, like, he's a pretty big name around, you know, the East Cork music scene. But I'm sure he has moments where he finds it difficult to write music as much as he loves it. And, like, we love wrestling. Uh, you know, the guys down in Phoenix, we all love wrestling. But, like, 
like, let's be honest. If you could make the money that the wrestlers in WWE or AEW make by just fake fighting, if it was that easy, fucking everyone would be doing it, you know? Exactly, and yeah. If, if anyone has, like, this attitude of wrestling is easy, like, you don't have to like it. Come here, it's not for everybody. But if, you know, if you have this attitude that it's easy, I would challenge you to go down to your local wrestling school. Just have one session, just one, and come back then and tell me how easy it is. Yeah, and that, no, that is, in fairness, that is a very good point, like, because... um you know, and especially the big argument you have when you're younger and stuff is like, oh, they're all on steroids or whatever. Like, like I've mm. seen some of these fuckers, even just like guys that aren't that big around the place or whatever, and the size of them, like, and you're thinking like, these boys, I wouldn't challenge them in a fight, actually. Like, they would make shit of you. Yeah. So like, yeah, no, you have to respect people's athleticism and stuff. Like, they're they're athletes at the end of the day. That's kind of what, mm. why they're so good at what they do. As you say, that's a very good point about like everyone would do it if we could. Because I fucking, I, you know, I do it for a bit of crack if I would like, because I like messing around and stuff, you know, especially when I have a few beers in me. Like, I love to <laughs> the clown. So, like, I yeah. definitely can fierce money off WWE if I could. Like, <laughs> but you know, like, I mean, like, in, in, in all, like, kind of reality, though, in all seriousness, like, you're not going to go up to Brock Lesnar and tell him what he's doing is fake. Like, you know what I mean? You're no, not going to go no, up and tell no, yeah. former UFC heavyweight champion that, you know, for, Two years of your full-time career, that was fake because, you know, he's he's proof that these guys are quite legit. We were on about that on the Uninformed podcast with Aaron. Um, actually, he was on about, um, like, you know, in certain situations, you just have to do what you're told. He's like, if Brock Lesnar came mm. to your house and asked to do anything, are you going to refuse him? <laughs> like, what, what are you going to fight him off do? for a certain amount of time? <laughs> yeah, what are you going to do? Because even if you have a weapon upstairs, he'll still catch you. He's, he's still fast. <laughs> oh, de- deceivingly fast as well. If you look at a guy the size of Lesnar, Jesus Christ, he fucking he like just freak of nature. Can't put into words. Uh, and like he's a guy I really enjoy watching as well. Brock, yeah. he gets a lot of shit because people thought his matches got repetitive recently, and and because you know, um, I, I he's been quite open about he he kind of likes doing it for the money. But I I love how much Brock doesn't give a shit about what anyone else thinks. Yeah, like, that's why. That, yeah. That's why he was the perfect guy to end the Undertaker streak because I think there was some younger guys who probably would have cracked under the pressure because people obviously were going to be upset. Brock could not give less of a shit what any of you think. Yeah, I, I know because I was always kind of thinking that. I was like, because like part of me even, you know, growing up, I was thought like the Undertaker has to lose eventually at WrestleMania, but like I'd hate to have to be the guy that had to do it. But yeah, no, mm. in fairness, he actually, I think they kind of knew he was the fella to be like, yeah, I don't, I don't really fucking care. I'm just going to do it. <laughs> yeah, no exactly. Living, like. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No, yeah, he's a, you know, he's a great, he's a great character and like, but there is some great characters in WWE, but something that I, in wrestling in general, but something that I always have noticed, um, and especially I've said it to you a good few times, is the humility of wrestling um, mm. personalities is, is quite amazing that you don't find in every single sport. Like you can meet the odd footballer or the odd rugby player that mightn't be the, ni- the nicest people. But mm. I think it's kind of something that's emphasized because Vince, I think you said to me before that Vince McMahon in WWE anywhere you can speak for is very insistent that you treat the fans with respect. And that yeah. like, you know, you sign autographs that you take photos that you, you, you treat people with respect. And that's, you can see it though, because it's almost like a culture of like, no, yeah, you're the fans where we'll respect you. Like, and, um, Mm. Yeah, you can you can definitely see it all the time, you know. Yeah, like Vince, like that story goes back to um when the Dudley Boys uh signed for WWE or WWF at the time. 
and they just came from ECW and they were in a meeting with Vince and they said to him for obviously for anyone who doesn't know Vince McMahon is the chairman of WWE runs the organizations run it yeah, for yeah. many many years his, his father actually started it but um uh, they were telling Vince that look we don't sign autographs we don't take pictures with fans and we don't smile and Vince just looked up stared at them and said you will sign autographs, you will take the pictures and you will fucking smile. These are our fans. And it's just like, it's great to know that someone who's made the money he's made and who's been around for as long as, as he has is so kind of, you know, appreciative of his fans. And people think Vince doesn't care because he mightn't always go the direction with the storyline that the fans want him to go. But I mean, if he just gave us everything we wanted, it would be very predictable. <laughs> he likes to take us on a journey. And yeah, whether you like yeah, it or yeah. not, I don't think Vince gets enough credit for kind of... um how he's modeled pro wrestling. And I mean, you had Gary Leahy on, on the show recently, that fucking Mark. I'm only joking. I love Gary. I adore Gary. Um, <laughs> you know, Gary, Gary's very big into like new Japan and stuff. And, and I get that it's not really his cup of tea, what WWE are doing, but yeah, just yeah. for me personally, and I love new Japan, but I mean, I know you can't see it now because this is audio, but I'm actually wearing a new Japan jacket. Um, I, I, I think WWE, as much as they've changed over the years and maybe they don't put out the same kind of, um, kind of you know explicit content that they used to i think there's still kind of a degree of there's something there for everyone there's something there for a younger audience there's something there for people our age for an older audience i think there's a little bit of everything for someone in there and there's very few things in entertainment or sport that are like that yeah yeah and i i think something that people had an issue with wwe over there i think gary definitely said this to me um on the episode but he said to me a few times that wwe hasn't taken a lot of risks in recent years are kind of mm. you know put out we'll say risky now i know obviously there's there there's been incidents and stuff over the years where they had to maybe you know mm. take a step back of course we're not going to go to too much but chris benoit was a big um yeah you know what, what what kind of i suppose arguably ended the attitude era in a lot of ways you know kind of took things down a peg maybe that yeah. way like and uh, you can understand that but um yeah. yeah and i think that's that's maybe why people went away from wwe a little bit after that now again i'm speaking from as from the outside but that's just the, the impression mm -hmm. i get you know yeah like uh, as you say look we won't go into it too much but obviously the chris benoit situation again for anyone who doesn't know uh, chris benoit is one of the best technical wrestlers of all time probably one of the most respected guys in the business who over a weekend in june 2007 uh murdered his wife and his seven-year-old son and then committed suicide and it was mm by far the darkest day i think in wrestling history um and yeah i think um look changes had to be made and i think when there's a tragedy like i mean that nearly took down the whole business you know what i mean there was yeah absolute yeah. just you know war afterwards which you can understand and obviously there was a great documentary on vice last year dark side of the ring which, which covered the the incident um where um you, you know it was discovered he had cte um he had you know trauma from eddie guerrero passing away his best friend passed away a year and a half before another great wrestler eddie guerrero um but you know it's kind of you know people kind of look at that as a really dark incident and it was but this will just tell you the power that wrestling has just for people who mightn't be into it i'm lucky enough that i've been able to speak to uh, david benoit uh, chris's eldest son and i've spoke to sandra tofaloni who's uh, nancy benoit's sister chris benoit's wife and they are still fans to this day and they said that you know people like chris jericho have been so great to their family that they've actually yeah. ended up kind of staying in love with the business and there's not many things really where you could you could say you could be brought back in like that you know um after such a big tragedy but i think chris jericho to go back on him as well he said it that you know people can use the whole WWE being pg thing as a oh this is why the quality has gone down and, and he said it like if you're a great performer you you won't let things like that restrict you you know you, you yeah, don't need yeah, yeah. 
explicit kind of raunchy stuff to be a great wrestler or have or have a uh, you know engaging storyline and i think there's been lots of good stuff that's happened after 2007 that people kind of overlook because it came in the kind of modern era you know but um yeah you know i I think as bad as that tragedy was i i do think that um wrestling has learned a lot from you know what kind of caused it you know and and i think we've we're in a very good position where um we're very confident that something like that won't happen again yeah no because when you were saying about chris jericho and um how good he was to um chris benoit's family and stuff he like he said himself that chris nearly destroyed the industry that he loved so much which was a big thing like and um yeah, no, it is. It's an off. It was a terribly dark thing to happen to wrestling, um, and it did. It, it nearly. But I suppose, look again. You have to give credit to WWE for bouncing back from that. And I know, yeah, yeah you, you know, people can have the attitude of, oh, well, things past two thousand seven weren't great or whatever. But to still have that influence and everything after that, that could have completely killed not just WWE but pro wrestling in general. Yeah, and a few things had to change. And you know, I'm not obviously. I'm not saying. Any, it's a terrible tragedy what happened to Chris but sometimes it takes awful things to happen to learn that you need to change something you know and that's that's yeah. kind of what came about as a result you know yeah definitely and you know like there's 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 loads of measures put in place now like there's no more chair shots to the head there's no more um you know there's, there's very strict um drug testing you know there's very strict uh, kind of measures put in place to make sure that the talent are safe and, and not only that like you know even people who would have struggled with addiction problems in wrestling like um you know wwe are very good at financially backing their rehabilitation and you know yeah. it's, it's nice to see that um that you know you, you can kind of try to build those bridges that the people who are suffering are trying to burn you know that wwe don't really want to give up that easily yeah. on those you know um and and that there's you know there's there's lots of great sides to, to the business. I think it's like anything though. It's like it's like football. It's like rugby. It's like you know, the NFL. I think the the bad stuff is what will make the headlines. You know, people don't really want to talk about the good stuff, and it's a shame really because there's lots of good stuff happening as well. Yeah, yeah, of course, and always you're only as good as what happens last to you, all the rest. Like, but mm. no, um, yeah, no, like as you said, like to to the good things that have come about as and. Do you know, that kind of defeats the arguments of steroids an awful lot, I think, as well. That, you know, yeah. okay, there was maybe a time when people were jacked completely on fucking yeah. all sorts of juices and all the rest. Like, but mm-hmm. no, I do. Like, I've, I've, I've only met a handful of professional wrestlers and they're fair. They're fairly big guys. Like, and, you know, they're pretty strong. Like, so for me to, to kind of like, I, yeah. I couldn't look at a guy and say, yeah, that's all fake. You know what I mean? It's a kind of an ignorant yeah. take on things, really. You wouldn't be long regretting it, I'll put it to you that way. <laughs> <laughs> um, two guys. Uh, so we met Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods in Dublin a few years ago. Um, yep. One of the most positive experiences in my life, uh, definitely. Just to extend it on, you've met obviously a lot of people in the industry and stuff like that. But for me, that was incredible mm-hmm. because of how a nice a guy he genuinely was. Like he was, he was very interested yeah. in everyone there and he was giving everyone the time and no, like seriously, probably, and he's probably the most famous person I've met, really, at this stage. And mm. yeah, no, I, I was, I was very, very happy with the experience. To be honest with you, like he was, he was a very nice guy. Yeah, no, that was, uh, that was, he was WWE champion as well at the time, which made it that just that little bit cooler as well. Yeah, you know, yeah. um, I mean, Kofi's a guy who's been around for you know a very long time as well, and you know he's done so many of those meet and greets and so many of those you know autograph signing sessions, and to see him, you know, I mean, there was hundreds of people in that queue as well and we were fairly far back but you know even when it came to our turn he was still as positive as ever and uh 
it was a really cool experience. Poor Xavier looked like he was ready for a nap. Really nice yeah, guy, yeah. but he looked very tired. <laughs> I know. Could you blame him? Really nice, but there's people coming up to you every day. I, it is. It is tough though. Like there's a difference between being tired and being rude. I think you know what I mean. Like he was. He was yeah. still giving us the time of day, but you could tell he was just like, look, I'd rather be at home or doing something else. I'd rather just be getting ready for the show. So that's yeah. that's kind of the difference there. Like, but. Yeah, no, because we were all about like signing autographs and stuff like that. Like, I always kind of thought, like, in situations, if I ever became noticed around the place, that like, I definitely would give people the time. But I understand there's situations where you don't want to be approached as well. You know, like, yeah, do you know, like, if you're, I don't know, if you're out for dinner with your family or something, for example, like, you don't want, you don't want someone coming up to you then. Like, I understand, like, mm. you know, you're going to be whatever, but I would be a bit like, look, man, look, I'm here at my. I'm here with my family. I don't get to hang out, or even friends. You know, I don't get to hang out with these guys much. Like, you know, can yeah. I have that bit of time? And Brian Cranston came out about that there recently, where he was like saying, if he's in a restaurant, um, he doesn't like people coming up to him when he's with his family. But what he does, to be fair to him, and I think this is even good on him, to be fair, is that like he says, um, if you want to wait outside for me, and I'll give you a photograph or an autograph then after that. But look, while I'm eating with my family, can you just please give me my time? And that's, I think that's absolutely fair enough. Then you know. Yeah, 100%. You know, um, to kind of go back to Brock Lesnar, I think I was talking to you about this the other day as well. There's, there was a video surfaced maybe two, three years ago, maybe longer, where Brock uh, and his lovely wife, Sable, were a uh, former wrestler as well, were at an airport. Um, and look, he's spending quite... I don't even think he was on a, pl- a flight to go wrestle. I think he was just... They were going wherever. And, you know, Brock... It, it's a really awkward situation because this woman goes up to Brock and I don't think Brock actually sees her because he's so fucking big. And she says hi to him and he's kind of looking up at the, the flight times or whatever. And his wife says, Oh, I think she's talking to you. And to be fair to Brock, he says, hi, how are you? And she asked for a picture and he said, look, no, not today. And people are saying, you know, what, oh, what an asshole he was and all that. But look, I think Brock's attitude there was very much like, look, I'm with my wife. If I give this girl a picture, I'm sure there's other people here who recognize me who I'm, I'm going to have to give them a picture as well. So I think if he says, you know, I think it's better that he treats everyone the same as opposed to being nice to some people and not so nice to others. I just think that, you know, it's totally fair when people are bombarding. I mean, like, I'm not famous. And, you know, sometimes there's, there's days I get where you just don't want to talk to people. You just don't oh, want to yes. interact with people, oh. you know, and it's, you know, we're only human at the end of the day, you know. I And I often wonder because like, especially in Ireland, like, you know, because we have like the pop culture and stuff like that. I often wondered if like you were famous and you were just out for a pint, I'd say lads would be giving you some poisoning. Like, because I know a fellow who met uh, Gary mm. Lightbody from Snow Patrol and all he did was just like followed him around going like, crack the shutters up and what it was. You know, like to follow him around. <laughs> he must have been like, would you ever fuck off? Like, seriously. <laughs> that oh, fits all, you know. God. Like, I remember... um I've met Cody Rhodes twice. Um, I've met him once in Cork and another time at an OTT show in Dublin. And I remember the first time I felt so bad for him because I knew he was in Cork. He was doing a a show called Inside the Ropes, which is done by a guy called uh, Kenny McIntosh. Uh, Kenny organizes interviews with wrestlers and kind of Q&A sessions and whatever. And he was doing one in Cork. And um, it was me and my friend were walking down. um, We're just walking down the street, going down to the train after college. And, uh, uh, you know, I'm kind of in my own little world chatting away. And next thing I look up and I see this this really kind of, you know, tanned guy walking towards me. And I'm kind of going, this isn't who I think it is, is it? And I remember I just yeah, stopped yeah. in the street and just pointed at him. <laughs> to be fair to him, he said, hey, man, put out his hand and, and we shook hands, which was great. And I just in a really high pitched voice went, 
big fan. <laughs> he was like, oh, thank you. I got to go. And he went on his way. But I was like, look, he could have just walked past me. You know, he had the decency yeah. to acknowledge me, you know. <laughs> I know, like, because a lot of the time you're not going to keep your cool when you meet someone. Like, I remember I was, like, thinking there recently, like, if I met, I don't know, someone like, like, I'm big into superheroes. So if I met, like, Ben Affleck or Henry Cavill or Gal Gadot or someone, like, I'd shit my lord. Like, you know, <laughs> so, like, yeah, I, I wouldn't know what and to do with him, you know. <laughs> It's amazing, like, because at the end of the day, they're they're just human. But because we're so used to seeing them on our screens and seeing them play these <laughs> larger than life characters, we just kind of perceive them to be bigger than normal life. You know, I saw you want to tell you, and you punched the man. And it was great. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, because um, Jason Manford um, had a great bit before. I think I told you this one. I probably did. Like, where he was doing um, the soccer aid tournament and uh, mm. Sir Alex Ferguson was managing the other team, but he's a city fan, obviously. He's a big city fan yeah. uh, from Manchester and everything. And he's like, uh, when when Sir Alex was coming along, shaking hands with all the players, he's like, oh, I'm going to act, you know, I'm going to act fam, funny here and I'm going to probably do the old, uh, you know, uh, with the nose and the whole lot. Like, yeah. the hands. he said when he came along, he's like, nice to meet you, Sir Alex. <laughs> 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 it's just just some people just have this just aura about them it's like i just yeah i can't yeah. piss this person off you know what i mean yeah oh no he's somebody that like if i met him and he was like you're not standing straight i'd be like yes sir <laughs> sir yeah like my uncle my uncle got to meet sir alex actually my uncle used to live in england and he got to meet him and he said yeah. that you know as, as great of an experience as it was it, it there, you you just can't help but be kind of just you know a little bit kind of overwhelmed by him he's just such yeah, a huge figure yeah. you know yeah, he's got that um kind of personality about him. There is, there is, there's people that command that. Now, I'd imagine the Undertaker, someone like that as well. I'd say he'd command yeah. a fierce presence about him because, like, for people who would be in the know about WWE, would know that he was basically the dressing room leader. Like, he was in charge of yeah. all the talent, and there really, when Vince wasn't around, he was the second in command. Nearly, essentially, was was his role. You know. Yeah, like there was stories. I think you know, like um, Shawn Michaels has told the Triple H, another one where where you know. They've approached Vince with ideas and Vince was like, you know, talk to Taker about it. See what Taker has yeah, to say, yeah. you know, and it's like to have that command whilst being one of the boys is is, is just incredible. Like, I remember there's a girl I know over in Scotland who um, Undertaker was in the UK doing um, just kind of doing meet and greets or whatever. And he, he went into a Nando's and it was just she was saying, do you know, like there's just these certain people who they just stand out of a crowd. And even if you don't know who they are, you yeah, can't help but yeah. just kind of just you know, look over and go, what's going on with them? Like, what would they be up to? And he was, he's just one of those guys, you know. I love the butterfly chicken. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, yeah, he's just, no, he has, he's got a great presence about him. And, you know, for, like, for people who might not even be into wrestling or whatever, but, you know, even saw him years ago or something. For me, he's still, like, I heard him on Joe Rogan's podcast recently, like, and mm. he's just a great guy. Like, he's a very interesting fella to talk to and everything. And, I'd love, yeah. I'd love to meet him. I would love to meet him. But again, it would be a kind of a Sir Alex figure where you'd be half intimidated by his presence yeah. in general, you know? Yeah, same here. Like, he's he's personally my favorite of all time. I've actually got the Undertaker's tat, uh, symbol tattooed onto my leg. So that, that's yeah, how much yeah. <laughs> of, of an inspiration he's been to me. And uh, it was a sad day when he retired. Look, I think it was a long time coming, but it was one of those things where it's like, I know it's the right thing, but yeah, <laughs> I just, yeah, yeah. it does, I'm not ready for it. You know what I mean? WrestleMania is this weekend and it's going to be a very strange uh, feeling without him. But look, I think his career speaks for itself and there's plenty of great matches and moments you can go back and watch from any point of his career, really, you know? Yeah, and he had longevity as well. I mean, he's been around for years and had, you know, such such that like command on him and everything that he was able to last that long and be kind of a main figure. But like, I suppose 
mm. for someone like Undertaker, when you get yourself to the level he did even, you know, 15 years before he retired, he's still going to be the main man for the next 15. Like, you know, he's that yeah. kind of character, really. And no, yeah, credit to him for that. Like, he's 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 an absolutely fantastic um, figure, you know. Definitely, definitely. Uh, as I say, sadly missed, but it's just such a... I'm privileged that I got to see him wrestle live and, you know, to have seen him, you know, at, I think at his best as well, kind of from that 2007 to maybe 2014 period. I think I'm very privileged I got to see him during that period as well. Like we were on about, because I've talked about New Japan Wrestling with um, with Gary, uh, obviously, yeah. and like yourself, you're a big fan of it as well. But, yeah. and I'm, I'm a big fan of Japanese culture in general. Uh, which yeah. are as well like I think Japanese culture is very interesting um, yeah it, it, they're very but what I love about the Japanese is that they are very respectful of other cultures they're very interested in learning about other ones as well and yeah I think the biggest example I saw of that was when the World Cup was in uh, Japan how interested they were in the Irish rugby and the Irish like rugby fans and everything and it's great like to see it but like New Japan wrestling um is a bit different to like what we're, you know, what we have here um, with, yeah. you know, WWE, AEW, things like that. It's, it's, it's a bit different where it's kind of, they tell the stories through performances kind of, isn't it? Like it's that kind of yeah. wrestling. Like it's very um, based on the in-ring story. You know, it's not yeah. as kind of like WWE is very soap opera and, and it's, it's very good at what it does. New Japan is, it's like, they treat it like this is a real sport. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like, they yeah. treat it like, this is, you know, these are the best, and they are some of the best wrestlers in the world competing for the top tier titles in pro wrestling. And mm. I will, one thing I will say about New Japan is it's very hard to watch it, I think, as a casual. I think you really have to be a wrestling fan to watch yeah, it. And, yeah, yeah. Like the matches are a bit longer. Um, but it's one of those things like uh, you'll obviously be familiar with the name Finn Balor, and most people will be familiar course, with that name. Yeah. Um, Finn Balor or Prince Devitt as he was known uh, he's a professional wrestler from uh, Wicklow he actually essentially started pro wrestling in Ireland with Paul Tracy back in 2002 um, and they uh, uh, they were in Japan for uh, a number of years um, and that's where you know uh, Balor kind of built his career and, and he says you know how important you know the, you know how, the Japanese kind of you know they appreciate the people coming in and respecting their culture, like Gaijin, as, as the foreigners are known, they, they, was, they, yeah. they if they take a Gaijin in as one of their own, you know, you've done something right. Kenny Omega is another one, AJ Styles, Will Ospreay. Now, um, there's so many kind of guys, you know, who are coming from kind of, you know, Ireland, you know, US, UK, English speaking countries, for kind of lack of a better term, who are going out to, you know, to, to, to uh, Japan and, you know, almost finding a home away from home. Um, which is really, really cool. Um, you know, because it's such a, it's such a different culture to what we're used to here. And yeah, to be yeah. able to go over there and embrace embrace that culture, because I'm sure it can be quite intimidating. You know what I mean? Um, even like the fact that in Japan you have multiple different dialects of their language, depending on where you are, um, is you know it, it can be quite intimidating. I imagine for people who've been over there, but um, to see so many, you know, Westerners, I suppose uh, that are going there and and kind of flying the flag for each kind of wrestling kind of uh background they come from is it's really cool but i, I admittedly yeah it's 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 great to watch if you're willing to give it um a go and you have patience yeah. for it but <laughs> if you're not a rest I, I can imagine for people who aren't wrestling fans it can be quite a um it can be quite a battle to watch it but if you're up for watching some of the best matches of all time definitely check out new japan yeah no like and um when you're on about um people going over there and even from ireland um 
mm. it is quite incredible. And uh, Jordan Devlin was another fellow who went over there and, uh, yep. you know, really took to the culture as well, to be fair to him. Um, and jo- Jordan is a fantastic ambassador for Ireland as well. Yes. Um, so shout out to him there. But uh, like, no, because in Ireland in general, we're after getting so many superstars that are, are growing. Like WWE was, you know, it has become dominated by Irish people. And that's that's fantastic because yep. over the years, there wasn't an awful lot of them. So that was, you know, it, it is incredible to see the likes of, you know, Seamus, Becky Lynch is absolutely amazing. She's yeah. fantastic. Um, and Finn, of course, Finn is doing really well. So like it is, it's, it's incredible to see how the Irish have dominated um, pro wrestling as well. Yeah, you know, what, you know what made me sad in a way as well was when Becky, uh, Becky main evented WrestleMania in 2019 and she became um, unified uh, Raw and SmackDown Women's Champion, which is so cool that someone from here yeah, it's class, got to yeah. go over and do that. And she's had her ups and downs as well, Becky. Unfortunately, she actually just lost her dad as well. So, you know, yeah, I yeah. hope she's doing all right at the moment. So um, she's been such a great ambassador for, for Irish wrestling. And it, it kind of annoyed me. And, and look, come here, I'm a Conor McGregor fan and I appreciate everything he's done for Irish MMA. But Becky didn't get anywhere near the amount of coverage he got no, for, for what he did. Not. And it, it made me sad because if, you know, if Connor does what he does in UFC, he, he's, he's an Irish great and he's a legend. He should be on the, the five euro note or whatever it is. And, uh, you know, people appreciate him for that. If, you know, um, if, I don't know, Colin Farrell gets an Oscar, he's considered this amazing yeah. actor and, and he deserves respect. And then when Becky Lynch, who's dedicated her life to her craft, goes and main events WrestleMania, someone from Ireland main eventing a, a show that's been main evented by some of the biggest names in wrestling. Yeah. People look at her and go, ah, but she's only one of those fake wrestlers. You know, it's stuff like that does get to me because I, yeah. it's such a big deal for us, you know, for, for that to happen. And, and it's, it's just a shame they don't get the coverage they deserve. I don't even think it makes a 6-1 news if Becky Lynch is playing a title match. Like, you know, that's, that's no. absolutely ridiculous. Or Finn Balor or Sheamus. I remember Sheamus was starting to get a good bit, like when he was kind of starting to rise in 2009 that way like he was starting to get an yeah. awful lot of um media attention in ireland well not an awful lot but an awful lot for wwe we'll say um yeah you know things like that or whatever um he's a great personality actually seamus he's a very likable fella he's a very i love seamus typical, typical dub like but he's he's very <laughs> very he's just he just seems like one of the lads like he seems like you could go for a few with him like do you know what i mean He'd be yeah able, like do you know like Seamus is a big inspiration for me because he was the first guy. I know we had Finley before, but Seamus was the first guy from the Republic and from the Republic scene who went yeah. over there and, and just made it huge, you know. And uh, again, another guy I've, I've had a few conversations with on Twitter um, over the years. Um, Liverpool fans, so probably not in my good books on you know, <laughs> Premier League days, but uh, we'll forgive him for that. We'll forgive him for that. But no, Seamus, like the time Seamus was on the Late Late Show uh, back in 2011, he was actually on a show. I was at the show that, not the Late Late Show, I was at a wrestling show that night that Seamus was on. Um, and like that was one that, for just for me personally as a fan, that was a time where I was kind of going, maybe this is possible. Like maybe. Yeah, Maybe someone yeah. from Ireland can go and do this, you know, and, and Finn Balor was another example of that. Becky Lynch, not just Becky Lynch is not just a great example for Irish wrestlers, but for 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 uh, for female wrestlers as well. Yeah. Like we have Raven, we've got Raven Creed now in, in Cork, who's an absolute just she's class joy yeah. to watch in the ring and a great girl as well. And very proud that she, you know, she's had a WWE tryout in the past and uh, very proud to have someone like her representing the kind of Cork and Munster and Irish independent scene, you know, and, and I expect mm. big things for her as well. And and Martina, Session Martina is doing great things as well. So it's great to see more women are getting involved in it as well, you know. No, definitely. And um, j- just because uh, I actually do want to go back to the point about uh, female wrestlers, but there's just something because I yeah. will forget it if I don't say it. It's Seamus. <laughs> actually, for people who don't know, Seamus 
now correct me if I'm wrong here, but I'm fairly sure yeah. about this. Seamus cut yep. his first promo for ECW Oscarelga. He did. Yeah, he, he did. He says she- Seamus is Adam Dunn, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. He's like so yeah. he is. So that that's even great that he got the Irish language out there as well. You know, that's cool. Like, and you know what? He broke a lot of Irish stereotypes because as much as I adore Finley, Finley, yeah, the leprechaun character, yeah. like, yeah, 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 and like, and to be fair to Finley, it was his idea. He he wanted to do that stuff, so fair play yeah, to him. But yeah, Seamus yeah. kind of embraced the the Irish Celtic warriors, you know, that were the yeah. fighting Irish, I suppose, in in a way, and. It's great to have someone like him represent Ireland in in WWE, where you know it's very gimmick heavy over the years. Yeah, but he yeah, did exactly. it in a way where it really shows how great Irish culture is as well. You know. Yeah, yeah, because like as you say, and even Finn, um, you know, with Irish mythology and the whole lot, like that's yeah. that's a very I love that because I'm big into Irish mythology, so I love yeah. to see people like him going over there and and and, and giving it like that, and to like to American kids growing up, they might start to kind of go. Oh, like Finn Balor, that sounds cool. What's what's he from? And then read the books about Irish mythology, and eventually it starts to become big. Yeah, do you know? Yeah, I remember our Irish teacher, the great man himself, the legend, Mister Delaney. Legend, he said yeah. that he was he was gutted when he heard because well, I was telling him about Finn Balor and I was telling him about the demon entrance and everything. Because I asked Mister Delaney what who was Balor because obviously Mister Delaney knows everything about Ireland. But uh, yeah, yeah, he said he was actually a little bit sad that. Um, because obviously WWE, you know, the American audience, even though obviously it's huge here and it's huge in the UK, that obviously there's that huge American audience because of where it's based. And he said, it's sad that Americans are probably going to know more about Balor, um, you know, the mythical yeah. creature Balor than Irish people would. And it is kind of sad when you think about it. Yeah, um, because Balor is really, really cool. And like, I love, I, as I say, I love Irish mythology. So the fact that Finn was was doing all that and then, and you know, it, it is, it's, it speaks an awful lot to him. And he has a he has a finishing move called 1916 as well, doesn't he? Yeah, it used to be called Bloody Sunday in New Japan, but WWE class, were like, yeah. let, let's tone it down a small bit. So we yeah. went with 1916. We only want to go but, a little uh, bit anti-British. <laughs> <laughs> but like spe- speaking of that as well, this is something that is just unbelievable. In WWE, there's been two Irish um, world champions in Finn Balor and Sheamus. Well, three, because obviously Becky Lynch is a world champion as well. Um, but with the WWE World Heavyweight title, uh, we've only had one British champion, and he's from yeah. Scotland, obviously Drew McIntyre. So uh, we're we're two up on the English for that as well. So that's another thing we can celebrate about. <laughs> You'll never beat the Irish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know that's that's class. Like, um, yeah, and that's what I'm saying. It's it's so great about that. That like you know they're they're dominating it and all the rest, and the Irish are doing well out there. But yeah, we're not get, they're not getting the same attention as Conor McGregor. Not saying that Conor McGregor doesn't deserve credit or, you know, anyone, Katie Taylor, for example, like she, mm. she deserves all the credit for everything she's done. She's fantastic. Not just for Irish people, but for women as well. Um, But Becky Lynch is on it, you know, as on the same level of, is a publicity ambassador for Ireland, all the rest. And yeah, you have to say, no, I would, I do think it's gotten better because, you know, even, um, I've heard people say, like, you know, I know, like, a few teachers were saying to me, like, that even, like, in school, they're, like, the kids are starting to mention Becky Lynch and stuff. So that's that's great as well. Yeah. That's even happening, you know? Yeah, that's that is great. It is. And, like, you know, Dots as well, you know, uh, really loved that episode with Dots. And he was talking about, you know, Irish artists needing um, more kind of um, exposure and, and just more people. Like, just the, the Irish media giving them more of a chance, you know? Um, I can definitely, I mean, like, you know, with, with all due respect to those great musicians around here, like they haven't really been given that chance to kind of go on this big platform and, no, and no. show what they can do. We have, and we're still not getting the fucking credit for it. Yeah, yeah. And when you think of it like that, like, can you imagine if there was like American music um, labels or something took on, we'll say, the lads from Ireland 
took the man there to bring him over and play concerts or whatever and they were starting to get known around place and no one paid any attention like the media was just yeah. like yeah whatever like they're not they're not you too <laughs> essentially yeah. what they're saying like you know <laughs> oh god no but hope, hopefully that can change like you know even for the music lads as well because uh for such a small country i think we're ver- we're very talented we're very um we're very kind of when we want to do something we stick to it and we we dedicate ourselves to it i know if it's you know obviously in the uk and the us you know they're big countries so you'd expect that but in a smaller country like ireland it's it's very good to see that we've so many talented people they just need to get more of a, a platform to kind of show it you know yeah yeah um but anyway the point i was because i wanted to go back to it was the point about um how wrestling has changed for women over the years yeah. is very very important and um for me it was ex- it's it's amazing to see like compared to when i was growing up what women were in wrestling has changed so much and um even for the local scene it is fantastic to see like you mentioned raven you mentioned session martin yeah. martin and stuff like that, that they're doing so well it it, mm-hmm. it like i think you said it before that like back years ago it was literally your eye candy like that's all you were when yeah. you were a, a female wrestler which is a shame because there was some great characters um you know like beth phoenix or um uh, yeah. like tori wilson michelle mccool people like that they were yeah. big names or whatever but i don't think they got the same chance that the you know the, the young girls that are going into it these days are getting and that's that's fantastic that things have gotten better you know yeah and like i think the, the important thing now is like they're bringing in wrestlers they're not bringing in supermodels or yeah you know, people exactly like that. and it's that's with no disrespect to anyone who's a supermodel or anything because like you know they have ambitions of their own and they probably look at wwe they look at wwe as, as a platform to get their name out there and you know that's not their fault you know what i mean it's just them taking you know an opportunity that um you know that, that they want to take try and take full advantage of but it's great to see like that you know women's wrestlers or female wrestlers who've dedicated their lives to this you know to this sport and, and to this you know entertainment um spectacle uh, they're getting a chance to do it on, on on a big stage you know and and even when they brought in ronda rosie who obviously was a fantastic ufc fighter you know she's been a yeah you know, she's called rowdy ronda rosie because she was a fan of roddy piper growing up you know what i mean yeah, like, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, it's just great to see people who are passionate about the business getting a chance and we have some like unbelievably talented women's wrestlers at the moment and mm. you know becky getting to main event wrestling like a women's match main event in wrestlemania was yeah. just something that it was something that it was and what was great about it was it was nothing to do with PR it was nothing to do with Ronnie doing it because it looks good for us it was because Becky is the biggest star in the business Charlotte Flair is yeah. probably the most just gifted and then you got Ronda Rosie who has this huge star power so it was all the stars aligned and it was it was a beautiful thing to see yeah no and that was amazing because I remember like um because we uh, saw Becky wrestle in Dublin against Charlotte and it was fantastic um but she like like when you when you, when you were saying like that was the main event at WrestleMania that took me off guard because when I was growing up there's not a hope that would have been the main event at WrestleMania like yeah. women's matches this is what I'm getting the impression of anyway even as a kid I got the impression of they're only throwing them in for yeah nearly to fill a time slot which is awful like that's that's nearly awful that, that and that might not be fully the case but it's definitely they definitely weren't the matches weren't prioritized as much as the men's matches even for yeah. you know something like a smaller title or something you know like we have got a wrestler with phoenix i'm really excited to see more of her uh, anita vaughn she's actually an east cork girl as well um i'm really really excited to see her you know when shows are back and you know she, she's she's uh, you know even from what i've seen in training um she's just she's you know, someone you can tell like they're just 
an unbelievable athlete. Like yeah, she is, yeah. she's just got this presence about her. Um, and you know, her promos are fantastic. And you know, she's, uh, she's someone who I think is just ready to be let loose. So it's, I think she's the next, you know, kind of, if, if there's one name you're going to remember from this um, podcast, make sure it's Anita Vaughn because I'm telling you, yeah. you know, she's going to make it big and she's going to be a, a name to remember and another great person from East Cork that's going to fly the flag for, for this great place. And that's, but, but that's great for, um, you know, girls that are growing up now, girls that are in school now that get to see, um, you, you know, oh, I could be as good as, as her now. Like, you know, whereas like yeah. if there was a girl growing up that was into it, now wrestling wasn't aimed at girls years ago. It wasn't aimed at, you know, kids in general or people in general. It wasn't aimed at them. It was aimed at little yeah. boys, you know, or so that can, at least these days now, it is a case where it's being aimed at everyone now so that like, you know, there is a girl who might be interesting. You know, she might play it with her brother, or you know, she might play with her friends or whatever. And she can say, "Oh, look, Becky Lynch is the is the main person in WWE." Now I could be like her, you know. And that that is class. Like that is amazing that we're able to say that these days. That is really really cool. Like, yeah, like even like I've got a younger brother and sister now who who have gotten very big into wrestling in the last kind of year or two. And like you know, my brother loves um, he loves the Fiend. He loves uh, Finn Balor. Um, you know, he he's very kind of. Um, very kind of big into kind of those kind of supernatural kind of characters. Undertaker, obviously, another one. But yeah. Keris, my my sister, is a huge fan of Alexa Bliss. She adores yeah. Alexa Bliss, and it's great for young girls to be able to have heroes like that because you know Raven, for example, her hero growing up was John Cena. Great hero to have. Yeah, but yeah. Class. I think it's great. It's great now that girls can have female unbelievable female wrestlers to look up to. Yeah, as well, you know? yeah, yeah. And and that they can look and think, um, you know. I'll be judged more on my wrestling as opposed to just being model standard or something, you know? Yeah. And that's, that's incredible as well to have that. Like, and uh, yeah, actually about John Cena there, um, mm-hmm. it was kind of a piss take you for while you were John Cena's friend. Cause he followed you on Twitter. <laughs> he follows <laughs> me on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> me and John, we'd be texting back and forth. Oh, no, fuck. I wish. Uh, no, John Cena is such a great ambassador for pro wrestling as well. I think people like to kind of shit on John Cena because Oh, he's marketed towards kids. He's he's this fucking whatever. If you look at what John Cena does, well, no. Before I get into that, one John Cena is a fucking amazing wrestler. I will not have this kind yeah, of myth that he's a bad yeah, wrestler. Yeah. He's unorthodox, but that's kind of the beauty of him. Two, if you look at what he does for the Make a Wish kids and the smile he has in his face while he's doing it, you will realize why he's been the top guy for as long as he has been. Even yeah, now, yeah. when he's not around as much, he's just done so much for for the kids who you know are going through tough times that we can only imagine with with whatever illness they might have and he's there to make them forget about it for you know for an hour or two and the fact that someone like that has sacrificed you know starting his own family to do that for fans of his who are going through tough times so like if someone in any other form of sport or entertainment and i don't mean to keep kind of you know bashing them because it's great what the other people do as well but you know john cena i think needs to be recognized for that a hell of a lot more and you know on top of that a great wrestling career as well you know what i mean yeah no and uh, as you say like he was someone that i looked up to an awful lot growing up um he seems like a very great guy and uh here's a fun fact for you actually before you continue i've seen john cena wrestle live more than anyone else in my life in person no that is quite good actually like and yeah that's not that's not a bad thing to be able to say um and he's throwing his head into the acting ring as well. So, like, that's that's another thing. He'd be the next rock. <laughs> <laughs> Fingers crossed, anyway. Yeah, I know. So, it's going well for him. Um, what I was going to say there is, like, uh, about about Irish. We were just going back to the Irish wrestlers and stuff like that because I think it's something I forgot to mention earlier on is that the, activ- yep. the activism that they're after doing for LGBT people as well 
is yeah. another reason why they should be recognized a bit more as well. Like it, it is, it's fantastic. And you know, they're vulnerable people in society as well. Um, so there, it is great that some, that, that they're taking the time to come out and speak about issues that, that yeah. not everyone is willing to listen to a lot of the time. And that's good for kids yeah. as well, that they'll grow up hearing about these things and think, okay, it'll become normalized that this is actually, you know, these are people that you should treat with more respect. And exactly. so it is great that the Irish wrestlers, um, like Finn Balor and Blake Lynch and all those are at that as well. Like that, that is fantastic as well, you know? Yeah. And like, even, you know, here at our local scene, like I've been pretty open about this online and stuff. Some people might know about this, but I think most people do. Like I suffer from borderline personality disorder. I've had it for about three years now or two and a bit years. And like, it's something that obviously you have known a lot about me and you've had our ups and downs about it. Um, (laughs) You know, my, uh, you know, my other friends know about it as well, but it was something I was always quite, um, not ashamed of, but it's like, talking about mental health online is it's like you're damned if you do you're damned if you don't because if yeah, you do yeah. you get people going oh he's only attention seeking they're only attention seeking, yeah. whatever and then, and then if you don't people are like oh well why don't you open up about it more but like um matt schuyler for and billy bedlam as kind of two big examples um from phoenix have been so helpful in kind of helping me deal with it and, and they've made me want to open up about it more you know yeah, um, yeah. and th- the fact that in wrestling which i think has always had this kind of you know this kind of misconception that you have to be this big macho guy and you have to be tough all the time it's great that you can go down there and be comfortable in your own skin and just be yeah. yourself um and you know and then whatever character you want to choose it's just you turned up to 11 you know and, and the lgbt stuff's great too you know um even on you know AEW, we have um you know we've got transgender wrestlers we've got wrestlers who uh like sunny kiss who identifies kind of um i hope i'm saying this correctly but i think it's kind of as both i want to say that she, he slash she identifies as i hope i'm saying that right now yeah, but, yeah um um you know it's it's kind of good that there's no kind of discrimination you know in, in the business you know that's a very positive sign to see no yeah and I, it is and it's great because look at the end of the day people have to, like people should be able to be who they want to be as long as they're not fucking bothering anyone obviously you don't want any racist gimmicks going on you yeah. know things like that and i was yeah. actually i was thinking this a while ago because it came into my head when we ran about you ran about irish gimmicky um characters that there's a guy that I listen to does, does a podcast, Tony Cantwell, and he had a kind of a bit where he was like, I'd love to have been a wrestler in like the, um, you know, like the 80s or 90s gone over to England because they probably would have like wanted me to be like an IRA terrorist. That would have been my bit. <laughs> and I would have been called like, <laughs> you know, like Bobby Slams or something like that. <laughs> that would have been the fucking, the bit like, and it actually, that's not far off what probably would have happened because when you think of people like, um, the Iron Sheik or someone, for example, that the narrative was, oh, he's the he's the evil one, the terrorist. And then you've the all-American guy like Hulk Hogan is the yeah the guy, you know, that was the narrative. And it's just a different time, I suppose, you know. Yeah, and, and you know what? I think people probably would have loved it at the time as well. We'd probably look back at it now going, Jesus Christ, what were they doing there? But I think in terms of <laughs> how wrestling was at the time, it probably would have fit right in, to be honest. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> IRA prisoner Bobby Slams. Yeah, that would have oh, been a good bit. All right. <laughs> yeah, well, it would have been interesting to see how far he would have went. I could definitely see it ending with him main eventing SummerSlam and losing to Hulk Hogan. I could definitely see it yeah, ending. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're an Irish terrorist. <laughs> And then turning babyface and becoming a leprechaun or something like that. Yeah, yeah. No, like Hulk Hogan, obviously, you know, controversial figure in the last few years in particular. Uh-huh. And um, uh, look, I, I'm not going to fucking go into an awful lot, but he basically the story is that he was caught saying a lot of slurs. And yeah, but but you know, do you know what? Yeah. And I'm not going to stick up for what he said, Hulk Hogan. I'm not. But I think that people need to realize that 
Hogan went and spoke to Black Rest, the Black Wrestlers WWE had and apologized to them and explained the situation. And I'm yeah. never, ever going to condone any type of, of racist um, language or racist racial abuse towards anyone. But I suppose Hogan was being filmed without his knowledge. There was a situation going on with his daughter at the time. And uh, I think it, it, it's something where it was an out of character experience for him. And I think yeah. that we need to re- realize that people make mistakes and if they can learn from them, they deserve a second chance. And I think Hulk has learned from it. And look, he's from, he's from a different generation where he probably heard that stuff being said and thought, Oh shit. Like when people are angry, this is what they say. But I think Hogan, you know, to be fair to him, he's learned from, and look, he didn't shy away from the responsibility. He went no, on talk, course not, spoke, yeah. he, you know, he spoke about it and he, I think he's, um, you know, he, he's kind of, really established his image and you know Hulk is someone who I have a lot of time for I'm, I'm going back watching WWE from 2003 at the moment and nobody could control a crowd like Hulk Hogan does it is absolutely yeah, just yeah. really inspiring to see but I think it, it's nice to see that someone you know made a mistake got their punishment took responsibility learned from it and we can kind of move on now you know and it, it's yeah. kind of good to see that side of things as well you know yeah and I think that's kind of the attitude people should have is that like look we we, we shouldn't obviously you know there's people who've said things over the years and didn't apologize or didn't own it and you know look that's if you're not going to be um you know if you're not going to be an adult about things then you don't deserve to come back or whatever but i do think if you genuinely are very sorry for what you do and show responsibility and make peace with people about it then i think you do deserve a chance to come back and yeah that's kind of what i was leading to with hulk hogan is that like he is controversial but i do think he deserved a chance to come back and yeah yeah no I've, i'm a big fan of hulk hogan i think he's i think he's a great guy and he was a great performer and as you say his ability to command um an arena and everything is absolutely amazing like he really and you know probably one of the most influential figures of we'll say 1980s wrestling you know when, yeah. when it was starting to get a big name for itself so that's he's obviously a very important figure in pro wrestling for that reason yeah without without hogan wrestling wouldn't be where it is now we wouldn't we wouldn't have wrestlemania wwe probably i don't want to say it would be dead but it wouldn't be on as big a scale as it is and no, i think he's no. one of those people that he's i think he's probably the most recognizable figure in wrestling not counting the rock because i think the rock it's because of the rock's transition into hollywood is what blew up his name he was a big name in wrestling of course but i think in terms of someone who is a big name because he's a pro wrestler i think hogan is probably the most recognizable across numerous generations yeah yeah and of course like um you know his match with andre the giant is one of the biggest pop culture events not just in wrestling but of all time and um for a lot of you know people that grew up uh, in the 1980s and stuff like andre the giant as well as even just somebody that's is so well known and lads used to be trying to convince me when I was a kid that he was Big Show's dead, which I knew was kind of a lot of bollocks, <laughs> but like WCW <laughs> did try pulling that storyline. Big Show's original name was the giant because of that in WCW. So <laughs> they probably heard it from there. WCW tried to pull off a lot of things. There's a reason that company's dead. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, and again, like there's some great, we're just mentioning throwing out names there and there's some great, um, great characters and, you know when you you watch documentaries that are about them and stuff like that and see like you know how they are as people and all the rest and it yeah. is it's it's incredible like um do you know how how people do and all the rest like um someone who's controversial as well um mm-hmm. I'd like you to enlighten me a bit about it because I'm I don't know whole yep. I know a little bit but not a whole lot is um the Ultimate Warrior is very mm-hmm. like people don't like him um yeah for some of the views he had and stuff like that but as a wrestler he was quite influential as well. Yeah. Could you enlighten me about like what what people actually yeah. had an issue with him about, you know? Yeah, so Ultimate Warrior was um probably 
like how do I describe this? If if Hulk Hogan was Superman, Ultimate Warrior is Batman. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, he's he's one of the most important figures again in that time period of wrestling. Ultimate Warrior was a very controversial figure backstage. Um, it's kind of similar to the Hogan thing, where I think Warrior came out and said a lot of nasty things. He said a lot of yeah. very homophobic things. Um, which obviously, you know, nowadays is is not condoned and very rightly so that it's not condoned. And um, I think there was a lot of bitterness carried from Jim Helwig, who played Ultimate Warrior um, uh, towards WWE. And I think the wrestling industry in general. Um, and I think he said, he, you know, kind of like Hogan, he said some things that he shouldn't have said. And I think it's soured a lot of people's opinion on him nowadays. Yeah, but I think... Yeah. The story of Ultimate Warrior's death, I think. And look, I, I, as far as I know, you know, Warrior kind of made amends with with things he said. He apologized to the right people. Um, Warrior kind of went a little bit quiet for a while. There was this kind of uh, conspiracy theory for a time that there was two Ultimate Warriors. There was Jim Helwig and then Jim Helwig died and someone else came in and played Ultimate Warrior. But that's, yeah, obviously, yeah. <laughs> that's obviously not true. Um, the territory there, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, literally. Um, but, uh, you know... I'll never, I'll never forget when Warrior died. So obviously, Warrior didn't talk to WWE for many, many years, and then uh, Triple H extended the olive branch to induct him in the Hall of Fame. He, you know, one of the best things about Vince McMahon is Vince McMahon is very willing to forget about what happened in the past and just start yeah, fresh. Yeah. Um, and they extended the olive branch. Him and Hogan had their issues, and they, they were able to sort it out. People say, "Oh, look at you know that." somehow a camera a wwe camera managed to catch them making up so was it real or not look i don't really want to think about that too much because warrior gave his hall of fame speech on the saturday um then he showed up at wrestlemania on the sunday caught a promo on raw on the monday and then two days later he was dead um yeah that's insane yeah he had this really powerful speech on raw where he was saying that you know one day every i'm getting goosebumps talking about it now but he's like every day a man or every man one day will um uh his heart will beat its final beat. Their lungs will breathe their final breath. And if what that man did in his life made the the blood pulse through the bodies of others, then that man's spirit will live forever. And I yeah, was, I didn't see the speech till after he died. And I remember crying, just going, this is, those words are, even if he hadn't passed away, those words are so powerful, you yeah, know, yeah. and just to have that kind of, like, if we're here, Warrior was up here on his kind of, you know, on his wavelength of thinking, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. As much as people don't like things, the things he said, and I don't like the things he said, I'm personally a big fan of the character of the Ultimate Warrior. Even if you don't like yeah. Jim Helwig, just the character and what he stood for and th- those words about making others believe they can be something bigger than life is something that I've tried to take, you know, um, into my wrestling career, you know, uh, I know I'm kind of ranting yeah. and raving here, you know, talking about Ultimate Warrior. No, no, but, no, uh, yeah. to, to kind of to cut a long story short, I think it's it's over some controversial remarks he had, and because he was quite a controversial uh, backstage politician, for lack of a better term. Yeah. Um, but as a wrestling character and the impact he had in the business, and and uh, you know how inspirational his matches were with Hulk Hogan, I think Ultimate Warrior is one of the greatest of all time, really. No, and that's that's a great um, view to have on him. In fairness, and uh, I think a lot of the time you have to separate art from artist in in people as well. Do you know where? Now, obviously, there's situations where people you know fuck up so much, but I yeah. think this comes into the like the debate of you know cancel culture and stuff like that. Of like, where do we draw mm. the line on who you know like? Because again, there's some people who will come out and <clears throat> you know could say something 
or could have said something 10 years ago yeah would still be would, would be cancelled and people are like oh you shouldn't listen to them or you shouldn't watch their tv show or whatever but then you have like and, and again i don't i'm not going to go into it too much but like john lennon is a documented wife beater like and yeah we still love the beatles people still love john lennon john lennon was an incredible musician no one's going to take that from him do you know there's mm. there, there, the list goes on there's plenty of other people like you know the people involved with jeffrey epstein like matt Groening was involved with jeffrey jeffrey epstein supposedly does that mean yeah. we want to stop watching the simpsons you, you you know you have to ask like yourself where do you draw the line do you know yeah that's kind of the, the issue yeah, michael it, jackson is another situation as well like that you know and you you don't know where you draw the line really yeah it's it's just one of these things where it's like you know everyone everyone's good at something and some people are so good at things that they get to do it on a grander stage but because of that we kind of look at them like they can't make any mistakes you know yeah um in their life or they can't you know be these very bad people that some of them turn out to be um you know with hogan and warrior I think there are people who made mistakes who obviously made amends with the right people and apologized for what they said and they moved on. But then you get people like, you know, um, you know, this is the one and only time I'm going to mention his name, but Ian Watkins, who, you know, you kind of do have to uh, yeah, yeah. ignore the stuff that he did on a music level because what he what he did was very serious. Oh, no, again, Jesus, that's, yeah. that's the last we're going to mention of him, but it's just to kind of put it into perspective. You know, I think it's just this, um, it, it's this is going to sound wrong the way I say it. It's partly on us for putting these people in such a, a big limelight. Like my uncle Lee said that, you know, he tries to not um, have heroes because he said, you always put them in a position to let you down. And mm. I, you know, as I said, I have takers, undertakers tat or simple tattooed on my leg. So I can't say I don't have heroes, but I can appreciate where Lee is coming from with that, you know? And I mean, Lee has had a very successful career in hurling and MMA, you know, fitness, you know, and it, you know, it's kind of, it's cool to see someone with that kind of perspective do as well as they have in many different kind yeah, of you know, yeah. fields. Um, but yeah, as you said earlier, you do kind of have to separate the, the artist from the art or whatever. And uh, I know in some cases it's difficult, but you know, um, I think the older you get, the wiser you get as well, you know? Well, yeah. And that's, that's kind of the way I'd be as well. Like, cause I remember I was watching, um, you know, we, I'd be watching a lot of movies with uh, Angela at the moment. And like she mentioned, um, we were watching, what was it? Um, uh, Pulp Fiction was on the other night. And like, there yeah. was uh, it came up obviously like Harvey Weinstein's you know produced produced this movie or whatever you know his his company and all the rest and she's like oh god Harvey Weinstein you know she felt weird watching the movie and I was kind of like look I, I'm not I'm like I'm not even like Harvey Weinstein is a disgusting human being for what he did and the advantage yeah. he took of women the way the disrespect he had for women starting out but the way he degraded them and the way he'd made them hide it for so many years is disgusting he deserves everything mm. he deserves to be where he is and I'm not obviously i'm not condoning anything but like to say i'm not going to watch one of his movies is ridiculous because first of all he's made some great movies um <laughs> not, you know what i mean and i suppose you kind of yeah. have to just say to yourself like look look i have to kind of just say right this is something that he created do i have to love him because of this i don't do you know what i mean you, you don't yeah. have to love something that someone did but you can like the, you don't have to love someone for something they did but you can love what they did do you know what I mean? and that's that's where i come from on it anyway like you know yeah, like even like we were talking about Chris Benoit earlier. Like the, the, he was in the main event of WrestleMania 20, where he becomes world heavyweight champion, and him and Eddie Guerrero, who were always considered you know the smaller guys in wrestling, which is crazy to think because you know they're yeah. <laughs> a lot bigger than I am. Smart, but yeah. um, 
they had their you know, Eddie was WWE champion, Chris Benoit was world heavyweight champion, and it's such an emotional main event. And the two of them they embrace and they're lifting the titles. They're you know, floods of tears because it's such an emotional moment. And yeah, that's a moment that is obviously tough to look back on because of how things would end up. But I think part of it does have to take a step back and go, look, it's it's shit how things ended up. But in terms of the time it happened it was a beautiful moment like i actually have a a book here in front of me here covering all the main events of wrestlemania up to wrestlemania 35 um and it even says at the end of um the, the benoit uh because they, they obviously don't mention benoit's name benoit's mm. name these days yeah, for obvious yeah. reasons but it says at the end of the chapter where benoit wins the world title it says uh future events would forever change the perception of this moment but at the time it was a cathartic uh, celebration of a 20-year trek through sports entertainment and I think as big word as that might be I think it's a very kind of good way to say look it's shit what happened but mm. it, it still ha- like he still had a career he did exist and we have to acknowledge this but we can also acknowledge that he went on to do things that weren't very um, good in his life of, co- as well. of course yeah and look it's very sad to um to think that, you know, when that moment happened, and it's obviously for wrestling fans, it's such a big emotional moment. Um, two very personal friends as well, you know, side by side, yeah. uh, lifting the, you know, the, the two world championships and how amazing that was. But that a few years later, not one, but two of them would be dead. That is, mm. it's, it's sad to look, it's, 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 it's kind of chilling to look back on really, Do you know, because Eddie yeah. obviously is a threat, like is a complete tragedy, like his, you know, because you, you can look back on Eddie and mourn for him an awful lot is what I, I kind of feel. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that um, Eddie, Eddie was such a success story as well, because Eddie had his problems with addiction, with alcohol and, yeah. and painkillers. And, uh, you know, when he beat Brock Lesnar in 2004 to become WWE champion, it, it's a beautiful moment. And uh, another thing Chris Jericho said as well was, you know, Eddie and Chris, they were two of the nicest guys in the world. Because, like, let, let's get that straight as well. Chris Benoit, the tragedy... It, the, another reason it came out of nowhere is because he was such a nice guy you know what I mean when, when he yeah, was alive and yeah. he was saying that uh, Chris Jericho was saying him and uh, Eddie and Chris were two of the nicest guys in the world they both died very young and you know one's legacy is celebrated and will forever be um, forever be remembered and one's is almost kind of tarnished to the point where you can't even really say his name you know yeah yeah I know and and yeah and look I mean rightly so we don't understand um, obviously, there's the very famous um, incident where Paul Heyman, um, you know, where, where, where a, a guy from the crowd was tackling him. So yeah. for anyone that doesn't know this, Paul Heyman is a um, is a big promoter for WWE, um, very important figure for them. Um, great friend of Crispin was and Nancy, his yep. wife, um, knew Nancy actually first. Yeah, and he did. There was an instant where he was doing a um, was it a kind of a press conference or was it it was it was it was the work. same thing Cody Rhodes would have been doing in Cork. It was inside yeah. the ropes. I think they were in America, but I might be wrong. But it was they were doing inside the ropes anyway. And essentially, this fella um, in the crowd started uh, like so. He mentioned Chris Benoit just to say like this, you know, I'm on about his promotion for ECW, whatever. And he was like, you know, on about Chris yeah. Benoit. And someone was like, my boy, you know, and he tried to ignore us or whatever and kept yeah. talking and he kept, your man kept heckling going like, my boy, every time he said Chris Benoit. And he's like, basically, he's like, who keeps saying my boy? Like, he's like two people. Yeah. She basically saying like two people died and, you know, or three people died there, but one of them had a choice. And that's the simple, the yeah. simple as. So like, I yeah. do understand the controversy about Chris Benoit when it comes to that, like obviously, and there is a tarnish of, I know there's some people will pull the wool over the eyes with him too. 
on a certain yeah. level. Do you know what I mean? Oh yeah, like you get people who say he should be in the Hall of Fame, which is absolutely no, fucking no, no. ridiculous. Yeah. Like Jr. Jim Ross, one of the best, probably the greatest wrestling commentator of all time. He said himself, like if we could talk to Chris Snow, if we could have a conversation with him, he would say himself, putting me in the Hall of Fame would be the greatest distraction of that event, and it should never happen. He himself wouldn't put himself in the Hall of Fame because no, he no. said something to Chris Jericho back in the day. He was like. The critics are the critics, but if you have the respect of your peers, that's all that matters. And to know that he's after losing that because of what happened, he, yeah, he wouldn't want yeah. to be in the Hall of Fame, you know? Of course not, yeah. And that's, um, I suppose that, that thing with Paul Heyman did put things into perspective too, like about why, you know, it, it, it is important to remember what happened at the end of the day. And that can happen an awful lot in situations too where people aren't willing to let go of somebody that they idolize so much. And yep. don't get me wrong, it is very tough. Like, I have people who I would be mad about, and that's a good... Like, Lee is actually making a great point there about, you know, should you have heroes because they could let you yeah. down. Like, it's the famous thing from The Dark Knight of you can either die a hero or stay around long enough to see yourself become the villain. Yeah. You literally, like, and I know that's you know, a superhero or whatever, but, like, that is... That's fact. Like, you you, it's you true. can it's literally true. just fall someday, and that's it then, you know? Like, even, you know... I know it turned out to be false, but imagine if Ronaldo, if that stuff had turned out to be true. Imagine. Yeah, Jesus. Like, I mean, he's, for us, he's the best player of all time. And even, even, if, for, even if he's not for other people, he's in the top two. And obviously he played for our club. Imagine if those memories were, Tarnished, you know, yeah. you know, it just goes to show, like, now, thankfully it all turned out to be false and the people who accuse him should be fucking ashamed. But um, yeah, it just goes to show how quickly things can change, you know, in, in a matter of moments, you know. Yeah, no, it definitely does. Um, so anyway, really, lad, uh, this has been a great chat or whatever, but I think I'll plug your, your own podcast um, for the moment if anybody wants to listen in on that. It's uh, Celtic Codic, um, and you can yep. you can get that on Spotify. And you're not just talking about wrestling, but you're actually talking a, a lot about gaming and a bit about football as well and stuff like that. So that's yeah, great to so... see that as well, you know. I've got yeah, Celtic Codec is my uh, my cousin Alex and my uh, my buddy Porig. Um, we just talk about gaming and stuff and just have a bit of crack there. Then you have Jotar Rising, um, which is just me talking about wrestling and stuff. Um, so if you're into wrestling, check that out if you want. And uh, the Reb Devil Show, where we talk about football. I'm gonna have to get you on that show very very soon because we have a lot to talk about. <laughs> um, so stay tuned for that. And yeah, um, check those out if you want to. But listen, this is the main podcast in East Cork at the moment. This is the one that I want to keep. Seeing grow and fair play to you for doing it David no it's great to see you get back into the broadcasting business and doing your own thing I think it was class a long man. time coming and um no it's a pleasure to be here class man um but I'm not coming on any United forums unless um uh there's two people I want involved so the first one is Mark Goldbridge from United Stand um yes coming on unless he's involved and the second one is the more important one is um Michael Walsh um so other than that I'm not yep. coming anywhere near it just let you know. I'll tell you what, the, the group chat will be made tonight and we'll set it all up. <laughs> Lad, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, you're a fucking legend. You're doing really well. And um, it's great to be uh, talking to you on this podcast. And um, it's been a long time coming. So thanks very much. We had a great chat. I really appreciate it. Thanks, man. Uh, no, man, the pleasure is all mine. Pleasure to be here. And uh, yeah, thanks for having me on. Cheers, lad.